Insider Podcast, and today, well, we're going to talk about what everybody knows and what everybody wants to hear us talk about, which is Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma. Brandon, what are your initial reactions? Not shocked. How about that? Hey, hey man, you call this from jump. Like, I was... Yeah, like in November, we talked about it. Yeah, right. We called it. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, just, just the sheer fact that, you know, that it played out the way that we were told it was going to play out. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, is... You know, I just talked to a source and I talked to, you know, Jalen Hurts' dad and I was texting them when they were on campus at Oklahoma and they were trying to lead me in a different direction because they didn't want it out, you know, but that's fine. Uh, I'm comfortable with that completely because that is a really, really cool deal that they had done. Uh, They obviously didn't want the pressure of everything that was going on with Oklahoma and whatnot. So when that thing broke, I was trying to bug everybody and anybody uh, see if you know they were on campus or whatnot. When when uh, was it uh, Schroeder Sherbert Sherbert Sherbert? It's JC Sherbert. Yeah, whenever he broke it, um, not really. I mean, he didn't try to break it, but when he said he's hearing rumors that he's on campus, I had to go like in roundabout ways to finally get it confirmed. It was crazy. Um, I, it just it was a just a nutty deal. Uh, nobody would say anything. I couldn't get a response back from anybody I text, uh, including you know Hertz's father. Uh, that I just know him because of covering recruiting and down in Houston. Uh, they have some kids every now and then, and I'll, I'll talk to them and see you know how the kids are going and whatnot. So I thought it was a shot in the dark to try to reach out to him. Nope. <laughs> I got I got completely shut down there, and I don't blame him one bit for that at all uh they were trying to do it their way and he still got out and we still were able to confirm that he was on campus so um it was weird how it how it happened because um i mean they they had no intentions of being seen at all i'm told and it just so happens i think timing happened and how uh from what i'm told how hertz was seen on campus was just a matter of just perfect timing for several people to walk by and whatnot so uh they had no intentions of ever being seen on campus which is cool because that means he's not really about all the limelight you know i don't i don't think that i think that he's he's straight up uh just a team dude that doesn't want everything all about himself i know that there's somebody listening to this podcast that wants to hear that from you uh but i am coming from the standpoint of you are now the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma, full stop. Yeah. I know there's folks that are going to watch Tanner Mordecai compete. I know there's a folks that are going to watch Spencer Rattler compete. And I know there's folks that believe, and like we all believe anything can happen during the season because anything does. But being the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma means you got to talk and you got to be seen. And I understand wanting to do it this way because you're not there yet and you want to be able to right. balance all your options. But now he needs to be front and center. He needs to talk. He needs to talk often. They need to let that kid's charisma come through. And, yes, you are following two back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners. 
you want it, you got it in that you yep. saw the tweet from Mike Farrell saying one of the things I heard was that what he wants most is an opportunity to beat Alabama in a playoff game, and we all know that Oklahoma is the best option that he had available to him, Maryland, Miami, and I guess TCU if, if you believe people that don't report on this stuff for a living. But we all believed uh, that it was Oklahoma <laughs> just as soon as he decided mm-hmm. to transfer. Now, even before that, whenever we well, got no, the you you I I, I got to clear this. I got to clear the clarify this because we're gonna get asked about this. Brandon was way out in front on Jalen Hurts coming to Oklahoma before the transfer situation became a, a tenor when he won the SEC championship for them, and then when it became clear to me that Kyler Murray. Have, after winning the Heisman, as no, there's no other option for him to, to be a pro in something and use all his leverage points. That was when I became very interested in digging on whether or not Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma was real. And one of the things that's really cool about working a beat with this dude on the other end of this podcast is you'd be amazed how many times we run into each other with different with with the same information from different sources. And that's Brandon has been busting his behind. Like I, I think I have something. And I'm about to put it up on the board and report it. And Brandon's like way two steps ahead of me. And he has been this whole time, especially in the Jalen Hurts thing. So I just want to tip a cap right quick as oh, a dude man, that. The, I, you're, you're, the, you're the lead investigator when it comes. Like, you're the you're the dig underneath the stone guy. I'm just the guy that had the sources and lucked into it. So I appreciate that. But to, to yeah. your point about Jalen Hurts and, and, you know, the way that he wanted to do it, didn't want to be seen. I'm going. Hey man, there's no way you can walk into Norman and not be seen. Come on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, you got a guy that magnitude, that guy, that guy that has been, you know, for all intents and purposes, a, a Heisman finalist. What was it, freshman when that happened, and then uh, as a sophomore, you know, taking them to the national title. Uh, obviously, not playing in the second half, and and Tua coming out and doing what he did, but. He's he's proven that he's a winner. He's proven that he can. Everybody says he can't throw the ball. That's just just my like. No, I not everybody. That, I... No, let's let's call this what it is. Let's call this what it is, right? Because people said the you same thing about is, Kyler before before he yeah, started. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's the thing, and nobody wants to admit that. Nobody like no, no, nobody said that about Kyler. I was like, I really want to start digging back. If, hey. if I had the time, I'd dig back. Years no, and I and I and I have, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It's 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 raw that it's black quarterbacks because we're not saying that. About Austin Kendall. We're not saying that about Tanner Mordecai. We're certainly not saying that about Spitzer Rattler after he set the record for passing yards in an All-American game. Why is it that folks believe that Lincoln Riley would, would recruit a quarterback that can't throw the ball? You know, for, forget, uh-huh. I don't care if he's a Martian. In this system, if you're going to keep calling it a system, whatever Lincoln Riley wants to run is predicated on a quarterback being accurate with the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't... There's no other there's no other option to say about it. 62% of your passes is plenty accurate, man. And Kyler wasn't no world beater until he got to Oklahoma. Let Lincoln get a sure. hold of the kid and you get a winner. But more than that, he can't teach you how to throw the ball far. He can't throw teach you how to throw the ball hard. He can't teach you how to get it there on time. You know, he's got to fix your mechanics, but if there's nothing there to fix, he ain't going to recruit you. He's sure. got the raw ability. Like what why why get get out of your own heads there, folks. Get out of your own yep. heads. And if you're if you're not along with us, I'm not taking shots at you. But I, I ran into this with the NFL scout, former NFL scout for the Eagles, who wanted to know about Kyler playing wide receiver. It's bugging the hell out of me. Yeah, well, I think uh, the Giants or Jags or somebody of that ilk will have something to say about him playing wide receiver when they pick him 
top 10 right. in the NFL draft. So yeah. that's just somebody trying to make up some bull crap. I, I, I don't understand how you could say Kyler Murray is a wide receiver when the, the, the truth of the matter is, is he's... By the way, who's the last great wide receiver to be under 5'10", since we're talking about that too? Since we're talking about height, right? Let's talk about height across the board. Are wide receivers routinely six foot three, six foot four, six foot five? Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, Lockett's pretty good. Uh, what is it? Deshaun Jackson's okay. Um, if those dudes could that, throw the ball, yeah. would do you think that they'd be playing wide receiver? No. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, we both agree that Tyler Lockett's one of the best kids to come out of this area, uh, being Jinx Tulsa area in the last ten years, because mm-hmm. of what he's been able to accomplish in the league. Right. I just. Right. Gross, man. Anyway, uh, we're going to circle back around to the Hurts, I'm sure. Uh, but I also want to touch on a lot of different things that has happened over the last week. Notably, adding and finishing out the coaching staff with the hiring of Brian Odom yeah. as inside linebackers coach and uh, Roy Manning as the cornerbacks coach. And I got opinions about this, but uh, Brandon, you have some excellent reporting on this on OUinsider.com, for which everybody who's listening to this podcast should buy a subscription because – I have been working my behind off for the last four weeks, and I know that Brandon has been way out in front of me. And if you're not on the board, you're not getting any of the jokes that I'm dropping on Twitter, right? But also, <laughs> I need I need you to just lay out for folks what the staff is and how yeah. you see it shaping up, and, and I'll follow up with my thoughts, of course. So what's going on here is I don't know that – so to start out, obviously they hired Brian Odom as – the inside linebackers coach, um, and they kept on Calvin Thibodeau as we talked about, and we were actually the first to break that 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 was going to be the deal. And then uh, Fridich, nobody's crediting us. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but uh, and then um, well, we were the first to actually confirm it as well. So um, we then you got you know uh, Grinch is going to be the safeties coach and the defensive coordinator. So um, that as well. Is you know that makes sense because that's what he's coached basically his whole career. Um, the Roy Manning at the cornerback. Uh, there's a lot of people that have a lot of problems with that, but you know he only gave up 193 yards a game as the cornerbacks coach at Michigan. I can't remember what year it was. You know but what? But, had... but but screw that. He's back there with the defensive coordinator. Like that's that's why this makes sense to me. It ain't like he's yeah, gonna be out there by does. himself. Yeah, and and yeah, and he's he's gonna be a fiery guy that's gonna teach physicalness because guess what? Outside of coaching the corners, he's coached the linebackers. So he knows about being physical, pressing up, knocking, rerouting people, because that's exactly what we have to do as a linebacker. Uh, however, and, uh, I need to I need to say that they didn't run a lot of press when they were at Washington State, at least that last 2017 year. Just throwing that in there. Yeah, but they, they run a lot of man to man. They do run a lot um, of man. They run a lot of man, yeah. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. Um, and then, which which allows you to be more aggressive with your front seven. Absolutely. Um, so... Um, then you have also obviously the outside linebacker defensive ends coach. Everybody wanted to know what are they going to do? What are they going to do? It's pretty obvious what they were going to do with it. They're going to move Ruffin McNeil back to where he's been coaching his whole career, and that's linebackers. So outside of just a year at Oklahoma, or a year or two at Oklahoma at defensive as a defensive line coach, he's coached linebackers for the majority of his career. Well, let's 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 clarify some things here because I'm getting questions about scheme and whatnot, and I want to be able to just just educate the audience as we go on this. It's the same scheme, the, basically, but right, more aggressive. Right. That's but, what are you it's the same thing Alabama runs. It's 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 a two, it's a one gap system, 
in a hybrid three four. Yeah, is what but, it is. and I, and I want to be clear to folks about the reason you have two different uh, coaches coaching linebackers is because you're teaching two very different techniques, and you should think of your outside linebackers as more the defensive ends and or mm-hmm. rush defensive ends, and you should think about your inside linebackers as including the Sam. Uh, to a degree, because that Caleb Kelly type is going to tell you a lot about what the defense is trying to run on any given play. Whether it's the Sam or the nickel, you're going to know a lot about what they're scheming for, which is another reason why I don't necessarily like it is you got to you got to either ask that dude to be all things to all people, which means you have to recruit like yeah. all hell, or you're going to telegraph what you want to do by putting a fifth defense back on the field. But you should think of the three linebackers as being coached by Brian Odom, and you should think of the stand-up outside linebacker and or defensive ends as being coached by Ruffin McNeil. Yeah, no, I, it, it is. It, it's, it's a scheme that you're asking a lot out of a lot of people. Right. Um, right. But at the same time, if you have the right athletes in the right spots, which I don't think Oklahoma did, and that was kind of their problem under right. Mike Stoops, right? They're gonna mix. They're gonna you're, you're gonna see some guys playing different positions next year. No, I, I'm gonna I, go. I, I, I'm gonna say, go to limit, say Kenneth Murray. Okay, we're one mind. We're one yeah. mind. Uh, I still he's think he's not gonna be the Mike, <laughs> but he is one of your best athletes on the. Yeah, defense. so you're gonna outside linebacker here. You come, bro. Right, right, and he, and you're just gonna get that dude. Stop thinking, and he just just go because he wanted. He is the best chase tackler on the team. He yeah. is. Sideline to sideline, he's the best at tracking down the play, which is why he had so many. T- he had 155 tackles, and people yeah. want to tell me he's a terrible linebacker. I get that he's not always the best at reading, run, and pass, and he's not always first to strike. But when you're talking about just pure get up and get down and get after people, that's yeah. K9 to a T, man. I, I, I can almost, if I'm going to predict what the linebackers are going to look like next year, this is a prediction. I don't know any inside information or anything like that. This is just a sheer prediction. It's. I think that Oklahoma is going to play. Um, sorry, I had to let my dog out. Um, I I think Oklahoma's going to play. You're going to have Deshaun Deshaun White and Levi Draper as your inside backers. I think you'll have uh, Murray and Kelly as your outside. I, I that's think, just my guess. No, I, and I think that's good because you're loaded at 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 inside one. Yeah. Uh, you're also loaded at outside, and people forget Kenneth Murray Jr. has been learning to play middle linebacker for the past two years. He came to Oklahoma as an OLB safety, all right? So you're, right. you're so he's actually, for my, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kenneth Murray Jr. playing Sam. I don't necessarily think that Caleb Kelly is the dude out there because I just don't trust him in the way that I might trust Kenneth Murray Jr. to run stuff down. Now, I'm not saying that K-9 is, is any better at pass uh, defense than Caleb Kelly, but I am saying that if I trust a guy to know my defense and to understand scheme because he's been playing the mic so much and to basically be able to do less and just go fly to the football, it'd be K-9. Now, that also means that I'm still not sure who the other outside backer is, but I'm going to make a prediction and say that you're right in saying Deshaun White, Levi Draper in the middle, right, uh, because you got depth there, one. But also that rush end is Ronnie Perkins, right? We, we know that. And on the other side, be K-9. I just think that fits. Yeah. Just put him, make him, when you go 50 front, you're going to have Ronnie Perkins and Kenneth Murray Jr. on the line of scrimmage. I love it. I love it. Especially since Levi Draper is, we agree, right, one of the better linebacker prospects that they've had get in here and for whatever reason just can't get onto the field. And we know what Deshaun White is, right? We know that dude. No, he's good. He's going to be good. Yeah, he's going to be a guy that can play out in space, especially over the middle. So this is going to fit him. Right. I mean, this this, this is how the linebackers, in my opinion, should have been laid out last year. But that's just me. 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the linebacker coach, obviously, and uh, Mike Stoops was really hard on to get Caleb Kelly at the wheel for some odd reason um, because he thought that would be best for him at NFL, which whatever, you know, whatever. Um, it didn't work out, obviously, and here we are with Grinch, and there, there's going to be some moving around. Um, I can't, I can't, I got something real quick. I just got a text um, it's about Austin Kendall. Um, Miami was pursuing him, but it's from what I'm told right here. Auburn. It, yeah, no, no. I Miami was going after Austin Kendall's. Well. No, no. I'm, 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 I'm just predicting. Oh yeah, the yeah. Text. That's, a, that's a, yeah. The, the, No, 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 no. I don't, I don't know if he's going to Auburn, but this is where. It, I mean, now that Miami seems to be backing out because they're waiting to see what the waiver does with um, Martell. Uh, Tate Martell. Yep. So um, it, it's one of those deals where um, it, it's 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 kind of crazy because. They're not going to go after him, it looks like. They're going to wait and see if his waiver doesn't go. If his waiver doesn't go through and if Kendall's still out on the market, they'll probably go for him. But right now it doesn't It doesn't seem to be the, to be the case. Well, so and, Miami looks like they're, they're backing out as well. Well, let's, let's – I mean, and this, this is as good of the source as it comes to, people, well, just, just saying that. I mean, well, number one, I think if nobody if, – if nobody understands that Brian uh, – Brian, excuse me, that Brandon doesn't say anything that he doesn't already know – then, then you stop listening to this podcast and, and maybe even cancel your subscription because you're not taking advantage of, of how hard this guy works. But like We talk a lot, and I can't tell you how many times this dude is right on the money every time, and he takes a lot of pride in what he does. And he's, when he's putting these caveats on things, I understand he doesn't want to see his name dragged through the mud, neither do I. But also, I haven't worked with a guy who works as hard on the inside as this dude does. Uh, I so I, I get that. Uh, but so, I mean, we're going to circle back around to defensive backs because I know folks want to okay, talk yeah. about it. Yeah, but, for sure. But as I understand it, with Austin Kendall, here here it is: you recruited this kid in 2016, who was rated higher in the rankings, 24/7 composite, than Jalen Hurts. And then by the time you get there, Baker Mayfield's already there, and he's going to be the guy going forward. And you're like, okay. And then you bring in Chris Robinson, and then Chris Robinson flames out, but he was said to have edged out Austin Kendall when you're talking about backup. And then you bring in Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is going to redshirt and you'll get to compete. And then you tell everybody, hey, he was competing with Kyler Murray up until the brink. And then we saw some things that, frankly, nobody else can do. And that's our guy. That guy wins a Heisman. And yeah. now, when it's supposed to be your time, you're a grad transfer. You're basically a fifth-year senior who has never got to start or have the offense revolve around you. And you get wind that they're going to go get the guy that you're rated higher, uh, uh, rated, you're rated higher than him. Coming out of high school, he just had the opportunity to play right away that you didn't. And you're going, wait a second, I'm really, really good. I don't want to put up with this anymore. So you start to look at transfers. And you're looking at West Virginia, you're looking at Auburn, you're looking at Duke, you're looking at North Carolina. You're looking to go where you're going to be the guy, just like Jalen Hurts is looking to go where he's going to be the guy, just like Tate Martell's looking to go where he's going to be the guy, just like Justin Fields looking to where he's going to be the guy. And you find a place where you fit. West Virginia's quarterback right. situation is garbage. Right, I just I I'm sorry. Jack Allison's not the guy. Trey Lowe's not the guy. <laughs> Chris Chuganoff transferred to Ohio State might never see the field. But yeah. with Neil Brown, you had a guy that said, "Look, we'll make you the guy, and perhaps we'll go 75, and you'll have a good time." And then you have Lincoln Riley backdoor it and say, "No, you can't transfer to West Virginia. You cannot transfer in in conference." To which the more I dig into it, and the more I look at it, it, is the first foul move that I've seen Lincoln Riley make. 
Because I understand not wanting to compete against the kid, but you no, just had it this has, happen. It was a it was a principle. Okay. From what I'm being told is the principle of the matter for what they did to Baker. Basically, is what it is. Like, okay, if you're not going to allow him to get, obviously in the back end they let him get his year back, but up front, if you're not going to allow him to play, then guess what? We're going to go ahead and deny it just like they did at Texas Tech, and that's kind of what I'm what the gist of what I'm getting. And is that right that, or wrong? Did... I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say whether it's right or wrong. I have my opinions. I'll keep it to myself for obvious reasons. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those deals that, that that's what I'm told. That one of the reasons why it was done. It was more of a principle of the matter than anything else. I I get man. Okay, but also yeah, it it still comes out kind of no. It, but that's the thing is like you know, I I. <sighs> I talk about this team every day, man, uh, and, and I talk to people around this team every day, and, and I I can't make myself say that this is cool. I can't. No, I got you. I mean, I'm, I'm I, you. I, I mean, because one of the, the last vestige was, okay, I've, I've made some phone calls, I've sent some texts, and I have my sense of things, and I'm now talking to Brandon, he basically comes out where I come out, and I'm going, well, you know, I'm not speaking for you on this, Brandon, but I'm, I'm saying myself, it's foul. It's foul. Mm-hmm. Look, man, it's it's like being in a marriage where you want a divorce and that person won't divorce you, but also wants to see somebody else. How does what? Not only wants to see somebody else, wants to be married to somebody else while being married to you and make you stick around for what? So in case that my other bride falls through, that you'll be my backup? No. Yeah. This is that's, no. That's what foul. it looks like. It, it definitely looks that way. I mean, but I can tell you, before all this stuff went down, I had a source tell me, look. They wanted Jalen Hurts to hurry up and get everything over with so that they could, you know, tell Austin, look, man, go, do what you need to do, right. you know, whatever. They were trying to get Hurts to decide earlier in the process. Well, and I guess— And it didn't happen, and this is how it, how it ends up play, playing out. And now Oklahoma is really, really bad, when in reality, it may not have had to have gotten to this point, you know, because he could have went to Duke earlier or something to, something to that extent. You know what I mean? Like, it could have worked out completely different— that hurts not drug his feet as right. long as he did. Well, okay, I'm not going to blame a kid who's making his own decision. Right, no, but, me but, but I'm also going to say the way that this gets made right to me is now that you have your guy, go tell Austin to transfer to West Virginia. You can make that right. Yeah. Like, even if the, if that's your thinking, right, following through to, to the end of your thinking, which is, you know, we wanted this kid to make this decision earlier so we wouldn't be put in this position of just saying to, to Austin, wait a second, we're not sure, we might actually need you to start. Uh, and that means we're going to have to hold up whatever it is you're trying to do, at least to this juncture. I think you go to the kid, and you go to Neil Brown or whoever it is you need to go to, and you say, mm-hmm. hey, what we did was foul, but you understand why we did it, even though you hate us. Here, go. We'll see you whenever. I've got to look at the schedule, but we'll see you across the sideline this year. You know, And I think that's the way this gets made right. And I wouldn't wouldn't hold it against Oklahoma to do so. Right. Right. You well, know, I, mean, I mean, like I said, I was talking. I think they're doing something for the principle of the matter, and I think they're going to make themselves look good whenever they drop back and go. You know what? You go ahead and do your own thing, awesome. Well, I mean, and I, I was actually. If they don't, oops. Well, and I, <laughs> yeah, right. I was talking oops. to, uh, I was talking to my uh, my girlfriend Laurel about this, uh, who, by the way, everybody hears on the intro to this podcast because she's really talented. Um, she was asking me, okay, wait a second. Why Why would they do this in the first place? I thought you told me that the rules were, were changed. And to clarify what I was telling her and telling everybody, 
the rule is changed for the SEC, for, I think for the ACC as well, where you just can't block transfers anymore. Because one of the reasons the transfer portal, not the reason the transfer portal was made, was to try to get coaches out of the process where you could just talk to the kid if you wanted to transfer, wanted him to transfer there, and not have to go through permission. Well, I, thought, I thought blocked. they only made that. I thought they only made that for the Ole Miss situation with the uh, probation and stuff. I thought they they allowed like a one-time waiver. Well, um, within the conference. Right, yeah. so like, if you want mm-hmm. to go Ole Miss to Mississippi State, you can do that one time, right? Which yeah, is, which I, I thought that was only like a one-time deal. Like, I don't think they. I didn't no, think they, they changed. They like, they changed the rule. Like, because this is also uh, Trotter put this great story together where he okay. laid that out as well. But what it is is the Big Twelve had changed the rule for walk-ons. <clears throat> right, you can't block a walk-on transferring because we're going to call that the Baker Mayfield rule. <clears throat> right, because it was like, yeah. wait a second, this dude isn't even on scholarship. How the how the heck can you try block his transfer? It's not. That's not cool. And they were like, "Cool, we'll change it to where you can't block a transfer." Any, for what a if a kid is scholarship and he transfers in and walks on? Right, and not just can that. Can they block that? Yeah. Yes, they. Uh, yes, they can. Right. Okay. But yeah, also, I don't know. But I don't also, know. That sounds interesting to find out though. But, but with Austin Kendall, you're also looking at a grad transfer rule that could be initiated, which is, you can't block a walk on and you can't block a grad transfer. Which they need to, and both of them Oklahoma rules. Right, but <laughs> I'm, but I'm just saying, just yeah. just get rid of the whole thing, man. Don't let Lincoln Riley have the have the play to make to say no. We're gonna block this in conference transfer because right, I can. You know, so I'm saying sense. that he's operating within his rights to do what he needs to do, right? I just, yep. it, no matter how I feel about it or you feel about it, it is quote unquote legal. So I mean, this really to me, if you're Oklahoma, the way you spin this and the way that I would talk about it is, the Big Twelve conference makes the rules. We just do what's in the rules, and that's a foul that's way to look fair. at it because that's we fair, all know. Ethics but about this, yeah, exactly, yeah, but exactly, it's fair. exactly. And you can you can look at it and say, but it's not ethically right or morally right or whatever. All anybody's actually going to come back and say is, but it's the rules. Them, as they say, them's the rules. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? And I guess I know where everybody's coming from, and I knew that this day was going to come for Lincoln, where he's going to do something that the head coach will do. Right, which is protect himself right. at the expense of perhaps the kid, uh, because the last thing you want to do is, and we've talked about this to a point. You don't want to have an inexperienced quarterback back there this year. You got all of this talent coming in that needs the ball, and you got all this talent that's already there that needs the ball, and you have an inexperienced offensive line that's going to need five or six games to get its bearings. So, I yeah, I get the play. But I also right. was, was under the uh, – until the Heisman Trophy and until Lincoln Riley started talking about Jalen Hurts like it was his unborn child at the college football <laughs> playoff uh, in the Orange yeah. Bowl press conferences, I was under the impression that Austin Kendall was the guy, and I was perfectly yeah. fine with that. And now – That was such a recruiting pitch. <laughs> but, but also, that's the last time you get to make that play because, look, yeah. you telling us that Austin Kendall was neck and neck with Kyler at the beginning <clears throat> and at the end of the season – that's that means that if you do this again, we're not gonna believe you, and we're gonna call you out on it, man. Because I mean, to, to not put too fine a point okay. on it, you you, you might have yeah. to us, man. Well, he I, he did he did, but he didn't. Okay, so okay. here's here's the deal. Okay, I'm told that to start the first two weeks of practice last year, Kyler looked awful, like awful. They were scared. They didn't know what to do at that point. But all of a sudden, things started to click, and especially things really started to click, I'm told, when he got named the starter. 
speaking of Kyler Murray. Um, so I think I think there that when they said you know there's things and and the reports coming out you know that Austin was out playing Kyler, there was some truth to that for the first couple of weeks. But after that, it was <laughs> Kyler was head and shoulders above. Uh, Austin Kendall from everything I'm told uh, and it wasn't even close uh, but but Austin had played so well through the first two weeks that they they were trying to give him a chance and for them to come out and say well Kyler's way ahead you know that that would do a disservice to to Austin and ironically that's a time where Riley was actually trying to help Austin out you know <laughs> so well um, okay and, so... and give him every opportunity he could to win the job when he could have just flat out named Kyler, you know, he could have. But now you're getting into my, my Kyler Murray thinking about baseball and football, which is the Oakland, the people are like, he wasn't really that great when he played at Oklahoma. I mean, he batted 296 and he had the dingers and he stole some bases, but he wasn't that great. And I was going, no, they drafted him because of how well he, he made his, made up the curve, how quickly. And that's what you just described to me in camp is, Hey man, he came out the gate crap. And that's true at Oklahoma as a baseball player. Bat at 129, but the next season bats 296 with some work. So if he continues that pace in everything, yeah, he ends up at the starter. And I guess that's the other thing that makes Kyler Murray so interesting to me is people underestimate how quick they, how quickly that kid adapts to what is being asked of him and then how quickly he exceeds expectations. And it mm-hmm. seems that Austin Kendall is just Austin Kendall forever, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right, I think Austin Kendall has an opportunity to be a better quarterback than Sam Ellinger, than Brock Purdy, than uh, uh, excuse me, uh, kid at Baylor, forgetting his name, Charlie yeah. Brewer. Charlie Brewer, I think he could be better than those guys. Do I think he's going to be Kyler or Baker? No, but I didn't think Kyler was going to be Baker, and I didn't think Baker was going to be Baker. I knew they were good, right? Just like I know Austin Kendall's good, and in the right system, in the right place, they can win a Heisman Trophy. And I thought that was going to be the case for Austin Kendall as well. And it just sucks and I don't really know the family and I don't really know the kid I just know that everything that I've reported everybody I've talked to everything that I know all of the analysis I know how to muster says this was one of a series of unfortunate events and two they got a raw deal just the yeah. way that if that it's all fallen for that kid over the last five years it just or four years it just it it, it breaks my heart yeah it's sad um but this is I, I know it is it is sad. I want everybody to understand that I think that it is awful. It's sad, but business. Um, it's yeah, yeah. it is it's business. It's business. Yeah. yeah, it's business. Which they, is the they, other reason why I'm a player advocate, right? I'm yeah. a player advocate because I understand that the business is going to get them all. You know, yep. it's it's going to get every every recruit that you've ever heard about. At some point, the business is going to slap them in the face, whether it be the depth chart, whether it be playing time, whether it be classes. Whatever it is, uh, it, it might be, hey, Brendan, we want you to come to Oklahoma because you're a five-star cornerback. Oh, yeah, play nickel. What? And now everybody crucifies that kid because he had a true freshman season. Not a bad one. A true freshman season. So, I mean, no matter how you slice this stuff, the folks that continue to want to dunk on kids who are trying to make it work for them, like Tate Martell going to Miami saying, I'm not going to compete with Justin Fields after saying, I'm going to be the quarterback in 2019. Or you're looking at Jalen Hurts going, I want to go where I have an opportunity to be the man, which is what quarterbacks do because it is a diva position and it's the only one. Look at all these coaches and what they're doing too. The business is the business on both ends. So when the kids mm-hmm. have an opportunity to take advantage of it, I, I salute them. 
because coaches will do what Lincoln did, which is this is the business. And I don't necessarily think that's a story that fans want to know about college football and why I want it to be more like free agency and just a little more transparent and open about how it is a business. But it is like you and I, we, we dig in this stuff and we, 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 we walk around in it all the time. You know, we walk around with knowing that coaches could end up at Oklahoma, but they want things that you just can't promise them. Or knowing that some things were just going to have to stay put because of the way that things are structured. I don't know that that's a story that fans want to hear, but it is one that I want to keep telling. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's actually hounding on uh, Spencer Rattler on Twitter right now because of... Uh, so let's the, clarify that because you no, got that. Cause, cause, yeah, cause yeah. Wilt he Fong, was talking... Wilt Fong said... He was talking about, he was talking about Justin Fields. Um, it, it wasn't anything Wilt Fong... Uh, did or said right. I think it was a misunderstanding right. in the questioning and answering and Spencer told me he's like man I was talking about Justin Fields exactly and you posted that uh, <laughs> yeah and, and, and yeah and he even said you know if he comes uh, this is what he told me at the Elmer he goes you know look man he goes if Justin if if, if Jalen Hurts comes I'm still going to compete for the starting job like one way or the other I'm going to push that guy if I don't win it so what I'm a freshman but I mean and, I, and he goes then I'm going to learn underneath this guy so I, I, I'm looking forward to it. And so that, that was just a misunderstanding and miscommunication and how the, the, it was worded that gets the question and whatnot. But Spencer told me flat out, Hey, I'm t- I was talking about, uh, Justin Fields. I wasn't talking about Jalen Hurts. I understand that's a one year guy and that they would probably want to bring somebody in like that. Like he completely understood that. Yeah. Well, and I think that also, underscores one of the things that I love about Spencer and by the way his family mature, mature, mature. they understand right and 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 they understand that once they get here they're here and they also understand the importance of remaining committed and I don't just mean that you know once you sign the paperwork uh, that you don't have to worry about anymore you're going to get these questions as the quarterback because of look at what Austin Kendall just went through look at what happened to Chris Robinson look at what uh, happened to Trevor Knight you know, you're going to continue to get these questions all the way through college until you're no longer there. Jalen Hurts got him, and he played on the team that played for the national championship the last three, four, four years, three years, four years. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, I just I don't understand why folks believe that just because the kid said it that he wants to to leave Oklahoma. Now, in two years. If he still doesn't have an opportunity to win the job or he hasn't won the job, I think this is something we have to revisit because it's something we have to revisit with every single quarterback. We were talking about Khalil Tate, and that dude never once put his name in the portal or never once said, I'm transferring. You know? No, he reached out to people, but Oklahoma had no interest. He well, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, publicly said that he was transferring. Yeah or, yeah. or publicly said anything about leaving Arizona. You know, you, you yeah. only knew that if you were either reporting on it or you uh, were a coach, right? Uh, which is Pretty how much, it yeah. kind of gets out there. But look, man, I, I I really do love and support quarterbacks, but I also understand quarterbacks are a singular commodity, which is why we talk about them in the transfer portal more than we do anybody else. We were talking about Brandon Wimbush transferring to UCF South or Notre Dame South, excuse me, you know, because that dude decided to go to a place where Mackenzie Milton had just set the world on fire. They seem to have their quarterback of the future, and uh, I forget his name, but he looked good in the last few games that he played, won him a, a conference championship, and kept him in a game that they should have lost to LSU, just had some drops. But Brandon Winbush, who ain't that great a passer, according to a lot of y'all, 
is going to UCF to compete. You know, I just I I understand why quarterbacks drive uh, the news cycle. I just wish that we looked at them more differently than we look at running backs or wide receivers or defensive backs. Like, for instance, how many questions did you get about Bubba Bolden, Brandon? Quite a bit, but I don't. I don't. I, don't I mean, from fans, from yet. fans, like uh, not not really. Yeah, that's what I mean, fans, from fans. Yeah. But how many questions did you get about Jalen Hurts, Brandon Wimbush, Austin oh Kendall, uh, 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 Tate Martell? Uh, countless, right? Countless, and Oklahoma didn't have any interest in Martell. I tried to tell people that nobody wanted yeah, to listen. There was nothing there. Nobody, I don't know like, who I, would even think there was. There was nothing there. Oh my God! I was just. It like, made no sense. Come on, man. If they're not going to take Justin Fields. Why are they going to take? And also, to Tate Martell and his lawyering up to try to get the hardship waiver to play right away, that dude was recruited to play in a system that no longer exists at Ohio State. Like, everybody wants to be like, yeah, yeah but but he was your quarterback's coach. Yeah, well, he was also the offensive but coordinator. But still, good luck to him. It's not going to work out for him. Nah, I, I know that. But I also think that that gets overlooked when we're talking about, hey, this dude decided that, you know, he was going to stay at Ohio State. That was because Ryan Day was going to teach him the system. And he was on the money when he said it took Dwayne Haskins, you know, a full year to be comfortable because, number one, you're playing in something that's different. You know, uh, they bent it in a way that also suited Ryan Day. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about how Ryan Day is a quarterback's coach and not a offensive coordinator first. He's a guy that wants to throw the ball. And Dwayne Haskins, turns out, could throw the ball, couldn't move. Whereas the, the offense that Urban Meyer ran is one where the quarterback has to move and not necessarily be great at throwing the ball. And that's what Tate yeah. Martell does well. And I don't know what Dan Enos is going to do with him once he gets there, but I think they'll figure it out. I just think that he wasn't going to be able to figure it out in time for Justin Fields to to lose the job. You know what I mean? So I just mm-hmm. I, I I don't understand crucifying him because he said I'm going to be the quarterback. Well, I do because he said he was going to be there in 2019 and didn't have to say that. Right? He just did. Yeah. But you know, you look around at, the, at what's going on and, and you go, no, it makes sense to me. If you're if you're using your eyes. And you're paying attention. All of these moves make all the sense in the world to you. They do. Every one of them makes sense. They all fit what these kids need, where they could play and come in, you know, barring waivers or whatnot. I mean, it. everything fits. Justin Fields fits Ohio State, what they want to do. Tate Martell fits exactly what uh, Miami wants to do. Um, and it, the crazy part is, is going from, for, for you know, going from two guys like, Tagovailoa and Hurts to a Tate Martell, and you talk about having to deal with two different personalities. Right. You got these hardworking, quiet guys, and all of a sudden you have this outgoing. He's hardworking, but you have this outgoing, outlandish, uh, Baker Mayfieldish type guy. That's not. I mean, he's not as probably not as well liked as Baker. Right. Um, it's hard to be as well liked as Baker was, but the personalities and competitiveness are there. If you've ever, if you've ever watched Kibby one on Netflix or followed this kid, um, he, he says some really crazy things, but he's a competitor. Also, he's a winner. also got yeah. inked up before he went to Ohio state. You catch that? Yeah. I, I caught that. I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but, but I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I really don't. Because if you, yeah. if, um, if you got some white chocolate to you, then you got some white chocolate to you. I, I got it. Yeah, he's he's I got he's, it. he's an OG for sure. I mean, that, that's straight up. He is. So so like I don't I don't begrudge that at all. I was actually looking forward to seeing how it worked in Ohio. 
of all places. Even better at the U. Right. Oh, and that's, so I was that's like, no, this is exactly where this kid needs to be. And they're going to yep. love him. And, and they just don't know it yet. <laughs> it's going to yep. be so much he's, fun to watch. He's going to bring back that, that, you know, those old time, you guys are out there going, oh my God, this is, this is us right here. Oh yeah. And with Brevin this is that guy. and Bolden, and give yeah. him 2020, Miami is going to be a problem. Right? Yeah. I just, if he can keep the staff together, I'll say that. If if Manny can keep the offensive staff together, say they have a good year and Enos is up for a head coaching job and he resists, because, I mean, I just I just believe that with Bolden, Brevin, and Tate as the linchpins to what they're building, Miami could be not just a lot of fun, but very good and a lot of fun, yeah. especially in a state where Dan Mullins has Florida back, honestly, uh, and Willie Taggart is a dumpster fire at Florida State, so you don't really have a lot to compete with outside of UCF and nobody will schedule them. Right. But I just, yeah, man, all of these moves are so much fun. I want to pivot just back to Oklahoma's defense for just a little bit and talk about the move of Roy Manning that you brought up earlier to cornerbacks and me defending it. But more than anything else, this staff can recruit on both sides. Yeah. We know yep. this. Like, Brian Odom, I, I have the take that Brian Odom was brought in in part to never lose a battle like Dax Hill and Josh Proctor ever again because that dude has the kind of – influence a cachet to where you'll walk into your living room and your dad will say, no, you're going to listen to this dude. You're going to listen to one of our legends talk to you about coming to play at the legendary school in the state. And that's going to give you an edge. But also, can these guys develop? Because we knew that Cooks could recruit. The problem we have is development. Now, we can get into an argument about scheme and how he was not necessarily getting to run what he wanted to run. And that's valid. But the thing to, to notice about this staff is they developed two-star and three-star guys out there at Washington State. And it wasn't a problem. Now give them the recruiting machine that they have at their disposal now and give them in the conversations with four-star and five-star kids like they have been. Mm -hmm. And I think all of a sudden you got something to really look forward to, but it's going to have to be developed on the back end first. Yeah, I mean, I I think think the physicalness from the DBs is going to be something that is definitely going to be noticed. I think you're going to start seeing guys like a Trey Brown be the guy. I think they're going to – probably lean towards the Trey Browns, the and probably even the Jeremiah Cradells and stuff like that that are gonna be the more physical guys. Um but there's other guys coming up like the Justin Broyles playing corner and he fits it. Like you if you want a guy that can isn't exactly gonna be speed for speed with you, but he's got the long arms where he gets up if he gets a hold of you, you're not gonna be able to get inside him and get a release because he's got such long arms. If he can get the technique down if he can get it, everything down correctly with his feet, uh, it's gonna he's gonna be a good press corner, uh, or at least a guy they can put over there above the nickel and, and let him press. But I think if anything, Buki's gonna be the nickel, I think, next year or I, potentially. I, I, I got a different spin on that. I think, I, I think he can play corner too. I, I think he is a corner. Well, I th I you. think I think what you're gonna look at is especially after what Pat Fields did at the Orange Bowl. <clears throat> You have, oh, Pat's gonna be a player, man. Right. That guy's gonna be good. So I, I could easily say, let's, let's see what, let's see what the five star does at the, at his position where he earned the five star status. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Absolutely. Right? Because like, yeah. that, what they did was essentially say to Dax Hill, play corner. I mean, he can do it, but that yeah. ain't what he got the five star status for, man. So yeah. that's one. But they also, with, not just with Pat Fields, but. Jaden Davis is another guy that I think could fit there. Yep. Uh, and and so you have depth now that you didn't have at nickel last year. Last year you had Pat Fields and Buki, right? But now also not not only Pat Fields and Jaden Davis, Justin Broyles 
is built for that job. Justin Broyles is a Tony yeah. Jefferson type. Like, I know he's a corner in high school, but the way that he adapted to play in the strong safety role, I just saw him as a natural move to nickel. And after that Iowa yeah. State game he had with the 10 tackles just coming downhill, do it, man. I mean, yeah, I but, agree with you. Okay. I, I agree with you 100%. I also think that Jamal Morris is going to be a problem back there. Oh, God, yes. I lo- yep. like, uh, uh, like the safety recruiting this year was ridiculous. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, I, I just, yeah. I just, with Cradell and Diarman late and with Morris, I mean, good God. Like, any one of those kids, honestly, any one of those kids helps you because of the safety situation that you have right now, right? Uh-huh. Because uh, you're talking about Barnes and his hamstring holding up. You're talking about Justin Broyles, who's converted. You're getting Chance Sylvie back. You don't know what you got there. Uh, Prince McKinney is in the portal. I mean, you need it. You need a depth there in, in the worst way. And not only did you get depth, mm-hmm. you got quality depth. Yeah, you got good. You got some good players. So that in, was the so. biggest recruiting coup that I saw for Oklahoma yep. in a very long time. No, I agree. Um, Kerry Cooks did that on the way out, which is crazy. Yeah, um. and I was, well, but also from his perspective, because he was in line for the Houston job. We didn't we didn't report this, but uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't see any reason to because the why. Yeah, UNT, Houston, and Texas Tech. Texas Tech kind of came out of nowhere, but right. I should have picked up on that when I when they were at the AFCA and he was out, um, <laughs> not no. doing all like he was there, and I knew he I knew he interviewed with UNT, but um, with Luke Wells showing up and Matt Wells showing up, I should have put two and two together. Right. That there was a chance that he's interviewing for well, that because and, they have an opening. And also he's coaching safeties at uh, at Tech, which to me is yeah. which which to me that's a glorified recruiting position because they watched him close out the class. And that's what I was saying about why he was able to one of the reasons that I think he was inspired to close out the class the way he did is he saw the writing on the wall, you know, mm-hmm. as much as I, I need to stop saying that that saying I hate it. But yeah, he knew that but he it's was, true. Yeah, he knew yeah. he was not going to have a job in 2019. But he also Resume. knows that his calling card is recruiting, and if he can demonstrate that he can recruit on the way out, and get these kids locked up and stay locked up, and and get kids uh, in the 2020 class, because remember, two fifths until Oklahoma picked up uh, Cade Horton, who we should touch on a little bit yesterday. That'd be we're recording this on a Wednesday. Until they picked him up, two fifths of the 2020 class was Kerry Cooks. Yeah. You know, and both of those kids are ballers. Jalen Huff mm. spent the summer going up against Jaden Hazelwood. Dorian Green Warren is the kind of instinctual ball hawk that everybody wishes that they had and thinks is the way everybody plays corner. And he's tall. And they're both six feet tall. They're yep. by the, And I get, I'm going to make this into a, into a video or a segment. Thing I hate. Why don't we get six foot three, six foot four corners? Because they don't exist. Yeah. You, you, what? Okay, all right, why don't they exist? Yeah, Texas because... A&M has it, and Miles, uh, what's his name? Uh, can't remember his name. No, I mean, okay, all right. Like, they exist, but they're, they're not rare. Right, they're, they're not, rare. they're unicorns. They're unicorns, that's what I was about to say, they're unicorns. Yeah. They're, 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 if, you, or if you're six foot three, six foot four, six foot five, you play wide receiver. Why? Because you have to convince a child to play football at a disadvantage for the rest of his life. You know the last dude that was great at that? Champ Bailey. You know how tall he was? 6'5". You know why he played wide res- or, uh, corner? Because he couldn't catch the ball. And he still had a ton of picks. That's how good you have to be. I just, I don't understand how you can continue to say 
Alabama has six foot three players, uh, dudes playing corner. Yeah, that's because Nick Saban goes up to the wide receivers and says, do you want to play or not? He gets them on campus and then says, hey, guess what? We're loaded up at this position. And unless you're Julio Jones or uh, 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 Jerry Judy, you're probably not going to see the field. Do you want to play that star position? You want to be Dean Milner? Cool. And that's how you get your six foot three corner. And telling these wide receivers in Oklahoma to go play corner, they'd rather transfer to Illinois. I mean, like AD Miller. Wolfolk did it at six foot two. Right. He became a first rounder. Yeah. Now we're getting yeah. into the the conversation around, yo, man, uh, some of these kids just need to stop being so selfish. Get yeah, kick rocks. Kick rocks. You play wide receiver your whole life. And you you have dreams of playing wide receiver in the NFL. Jalen Hurd went from playing running back to wide receiver. That's how big a draw that position is. You know you can play for a long time. You know the rules are in your favor. And you know that you're going to be on you got Moss actually catching the ball and not getting caught over. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't, it's a it's a terrible idea to me that that folks don't get there, man. I, I just, I got to, I blow a gasket every time. Yeah, it's just, it's, fans can say what they want. It's the players, are, let them live, I let them just live their lives. I usually don't go out and say anything. Yeah, well, I, 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 I mean, I, it's not my job. My job is to report it and really have no feelings about it. And I try to do that as best I can. Yeah, um, I'm a columnist. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an I'm opinion guy. Yeah, you do a good job at it. I, I can't, I can't, I try to leave my opinion out of it. But sometimes, sometimes I get in there and, you know, I say what I feel and right. pisses people off. And right. that's fine. Whatever. Right. Uh, shout out to the audio on this podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> one of the things that... We also need to touch on uh, with the coaching hires and Jalen Hurts is, and we talked about a little bit about Spencer, uh, about Spencer, but all nine, I think it's nine, correct me if I'm wrong, all nine early enrollees are on campus. They're, yep. they're in, which is great. Yep. Finley Felix showed up apparently right. today or yesterday. I can't right. remember. So that's, my head. that's a really cool, good thing. Second really good thing is uh, what, if anything, do you make of the idea that defensive line depth gets better? And I say, because you basically get Michael Thompson as, as a true freshman. I mean, he's not a true freshman, that's, but that's how you're going to have to view it. Yeah, it's going to get better. You're going to get Jalen Redmond back, which is going to make it better. Um, I mean, those two alone. You think he's going to play rush end, or you think he's going to play down, uh, down end? I think he's going to uh, be backing up Ronnie Perkins. It's a good question. He can do both. Yeah, he can. I think they're. I think he's gonna. I think on third downs, I think you're gonna see a lineup of probably him, Murray, Perkins, and probably Kenneth Mann. Kind of just, kind of their their, you know, um, you know, what I'm talking about just yeah, kind yeah, of their yeah, yeah, their, yeah. their the, just that's rush like, package. I call long, the, like a third and long. Yeah, right. I call that the strong side end. But also, that's yeah. What so does they'll, they'll do a lot of things. Yeah, I think with those those type of guys because he can do because he's going to weigh about 260, 270, so he can put his hand down in the dirt. But he's man, he's so twitchy. Right. Well, so and that's twitchy. That's same the, with Perky. Same, well, I mean, same Perkins. So that's yeah. that's the thing is like one of the things I was yelling about, and I know a lot of folks are yelling about is we don't want no more tweeners uh, because you know. But also, some of your best athletes are usually tweeners. I mean, and and Redmond yeah. is a tweener. Perkins is a tweener. Uh, Joseph Wette coming in is a tweener, but yeah. you want those guys because in the right situations, they're amazing. But the right situation, Obo was a tweener, right? But the, yeah. but the right situation means that you're going to depend on a guy like Obo to play every down, right? And you can't do yeah. that. 
Can't do that. No, he didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't. He played. He would play in first down. He would play third and fourth. You know, but second down, he'd get pulled out sometimes. I mean, it. He wasn't a guy that you kept in. You know, he he played some second. I mean, there were there were times he was in there. You know, all four downs, but. He was a situational guy, and he made a living off of it, and he's making a living in the NFL being a situational guy because of his twitchiness. I mean, if you find the right system, you can be that guy, and you can make a lot of money doing it. Lawrence Taylor did it for years. Right, and I and I want to I want to also express that folks look at Von the Miller. line and want it to look like Clemson's, right? They want it to look like Bama's where you can ro- rotate in seven guys on that line. And you can only do that if you go get tweeners because the guys that are threes and fives and sevens even – their uh, techniques, excuse me. Uh, uh, so play inside the tackles and just outside yeah. the tackle. Uh, but those guys are so rare, and I don't mean like hard to recruit. I just mean exist like on earth. Yeah, Corey Roberson's going to be one of those guys. Oklahoma did get one in them. Uh, and Derek Green, Derek Green. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, who's a true blue three technique. And yep. I know that everybody wants them all, but everybody ain't got them and everybody can't go get them because no, there's like, Oklahoma got lucky to get two. In the right, class, so. right, right. Uh, but also Marcus Stripling tweener also, but, oh, but, yeah. but you wouldn't yep. throw back Marcus Stripling. You wouldn't throw back Joseph Wetday. You wouldn't throw black Redmond. You wouldn't throw back Perky. You know what I'm saying here? No, you keep these guys because they're going to make plays for you. I mean, dang, they're good. I mean, Perkins is going to be a superstar. I think Redmond's going to be a superstar. I, I just feel, I know I definitely feel wet. If you, you watch Wetty's film, Man, that dude coming off the edge is smooth. So, I think Oklahoma's setting themselves up to be in that category of the Bamas and Clemsons in, in a year or two. You know what I mean? Probably 2020, 2021, you're going to start seeing a defensive line really look like what everybody wants it to look like. Well, and I guess that's... The right other... now, they're babies. They're babies. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I get at is you have... <laughs> this is why I... Two reasons I dinged Mike Stoops, right? One is scheme. The other is players that didn't want to play for you, you know, uh, yeah. for whatever reason. And and I've always believed it doesn't matter what you run. If, if they don't trust you, <laughs> you're screwed. You, you got to, right. like, I mean, uh, even with kids, you know, if if you have children and your children don't trust you or don't trust an adult, you're not going to leave them there. It's not going to work right. out. It ain't going to be very good. And that's what you had with Mike. But also, now that you have these kids, you're trusting Alex Grinch to put together a system that gets those kids in the best possible situation to make plays and not necessarily the best possible situation for him to look good. So if that yep. means he's got to come up with something that's out of his comfort zone, oh, Nelly, right? Because that's, you know, like getting into <clears throat> basketball just a little bit. Lon Kruger is the best I've ever seen at remaking the identity of his team every single year. Whether it's run and gun or D like it is this year or built around one player like Trey Young or Buddy Hield as he went from a pure defensive player into a knockdown shooter. I just right. that that is the coach to me. A coach is the dude that says I don't care about the system. I need to get the best out of my team. So if I need to run a four two five this year, or I need to run a three three five this year, whatever it is I got to do, I got to work with what I have. And I hope that Grinch is the kind of dude that will do that. Just say, hey, I have a lot of these, so this is what we're gonna run. Yeah, no, I think he is. I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, he's going to start at least trying to, if he has to run, you know, if he has to run a certain scheme right now, he'll do it. But I think he's going to do it in the uh, form of kind of a transition where they're going to do some things that are going to look like the scheme that he wants to run long term as well. So 
that way the players, it won't be such a drastic change whenever it happens and completely folds over to what they're doing. So you'll have aspects of both is what I'm guessing. Uh, but I'm pretty positive from what I'm understanding as well. He's going to run the exact same thing Oklahoma's been doing, but just be more aggressive about it. I said that. No, yeah. I said that. And I guess, the, yeah. the, again, major difference. Major difference is one-gap scheme. Mike was yep. committed to a two-gap scheme. Yep. Also, major difference is the commitment to man. Yep. Because sitting back in zone is a good way to get eaten alive. Yeah, he's one gap. He runs the same thing, but one gap. And, um, which is, it's different, but it's not. I mean, the alignment's going to be the same. It's just going to be how the players, they're not going to be catching blocks. They're going to be attacking gaps. So, people that are confused on what we're talking about, when you do a two gap, the player has to catch a block and read and react to what the play is doing and their keys in a one gap. You, 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 you have your, your job and that is to attack the A or B or whatever gap you were told to attack. And that's what you do. Right. And that more to the, to the other degree, you're the linebackers, Less thinking. The, well, and the linebackers are going to be left out to fend for themselves. And I think this is also going to be interesting to see how Brian Odom coaches linebackers because it, mm-hmm. The catch technique is so linebackers are have an easier field of vision oh, and yeah. stay clean to make plays. So you're going to see the numbers for the middle linebacker position with tackles go down unless they're earning them, right? So this is why mm-hmm. Josh Allen at Kentucky was such a big deal is it didn't matter where you lined up that dude. He was going to find the play and he was going to disrupt it. And I yeah, don't know you that need, you need that guy on the line to disrupt stuff, or it's going to be a long season for right. Obama. But also the linebackers behind all of those dudes were going, yeah, I have to fight off the uh, the fullback myself. I have to fight off the center that's uh, <clears throat> wanting to get up to the second level myself. I have to I have to take on that pulling guard myself, right? I'm not going to be mm-hmm. shielded, for lack of a better term. And I I don't necessarily think that that even works unless your nose technique is, you know, 380. You know, and and yeah. as wide as as the three dudes that are he's lining up over the top of, so it, it always made sense to go back to a one uh, one gap scheme, but also simplicity. And we talked about how Ruffin was making the the defense simpler, and it worked. And I don't know what exactly mm-hmm. changed in there because TCU Kansas State they played basically three coverages, yeah, and everybody knew what they were doing, so it worked. And I, Mike Leach, you know, and and everybody that he's employed he says make this as simple as possible make this as basic as possible how much Grinch becomes more like Venables later in his career we'll see because that was the knock on Venables is that there are too many moving parts to his defense so I'm really interested to see if man is just man or if cover two is just cover two and how many stings and tags they put on these plays (laughs) yeah I don't know Um, I would expect year one to be simplistic year two to be a little bit more in depth Year three to be where they really take off and, you know, just do their thing. Uh, do exactly what he wants to do with the defense because they're going to understand the first two phases. So that third phase should come a lot easier and that they should understand their jobs. And it's not going to change. Like the problem with Oklahoma's defense is that it changed every year. And no, this is what you do now. Forget what we told you last year. This is what you're doing now this year. And I think that confused a lot of kids. So I think. You know, being and, and keeping that uh, same scheme and, and just kind of adding to it a little bit, but keeping the same fundamentals to to it is, is going to help Oklahoma in the long term. Right. 
And I, th- I think that's also very true. So how likely do you think it is that we see Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts in the college football playoff this year? I, I think he's, it's a good chance to see Jalen Hurts. I don't know about – I don't know if he, uh, Justin Fields is even going to be eligible to play. Ooh, okay. Uh, I, I am – I'm going to say – I think he should, but I don't think he. I don't know if the NCAA is going to set that precedent because it's the NCAA. I I'm I I genuinely believe that dude's going to get cleared to play. I think it's I I think it's yeah I think that dude's going to get cleared to play. Leave it at that. I don't yeah. I, 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 okay, I like. I guess you could say Tate Martell has basically the same sort of story which is this thing that's unfortunate that happened to me is the reason that I want to transfer and play right away. Yeah. But I also think it's all about the framing. And I think it's all about um, how good you are at selling your story. Yeah. Does anybody believe Tate Martell when he gets to Miami that, you know, that Urban Meyer's the reason that he wanted to transfer? No. No. Uh, but let's, let's, let's talk about But I guarantee you they have a good lawyer. Well, I mean, that's the other part, right? Because I think it's Tom Mars is his lawyer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mars handled a couple of Oklahoma issues as well. Right, 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 right. Uh, And I think that needs to be. I think he did. I think he did Mayfield's actually, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, that was a different dude. That was Jim. What's his face from Texas? Who was? Who did Mars handle? Oh. He handled something at Oklahoma not too long ago. Oh man. I I. I would have to rack my brain on that. Um, yeah, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, he handled with something. With Oklahoma. That's the only reason why I know that name. Yeah, I, I knew it just from... No, I feel like I feel like he... I feel like Morris did handle uh, the end of the Mayfield stuff. I almost... I, I feel pretty confident in that. Huh. All right, well, I mean... We'll, we'll, I don't I don't know. I mean... And then, we're, we're, fact we're, check, fact check. I was about to say, we're, we're recording this in real time. So I'm sure somebody's going to come into the comments of either 247ounsider.com or in the YouTube channel and tell us what they think. But I don't. What's his name? Tom Mars. Mars, I believe. Mars. That's what I think it is. And look, look, he's on his. He is pecking away as we speak. So I'm just going to take this opportunity to say that I got some really outstanding and cool news. Yeah, I. Yeah, this is really cool. Yeah, fight me with R.J. Young. Airs February 3rd, that's Super Bowl Sunday, on the Tulsa Sports Animal. That's 97.1 FM locally. K-Y-A-L is station sign. And we're going to make it do what it do, baby. It's 10 to 11. Me. Going to have some guests, I'm sure. It's going to be a lot of fighting me. I can't wait for the promos to come out. I'm going to talk about this mercilessly because I got a radio show. Let me (laughs) me say that again. I got a radio show. Hey, Brandon. No, that's really cool, dude. (laughs) Hey, Brandon, I got a radio show. You got a radio I show. I got a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was just so cool. So cool. Um, and speaking of which, if you would like to advertise on said radio show, hit me up at rjyoungwrites at gmail.com. Also, you can email Kevin Ward at uh, the Sports Animal, but they're excited about it. I'm more excited about it. Sundays, 10 to 11, fight me with RJ Young. All of a piece, right? Because of... The channel, because no, I mean in large part because of the channel, because of the work that is done by myself and Drum at twenty four seven, 
the folks that listen to this podcast, the folks that, that watch the YouTube channel, the folks that follow me on Twitter, all this stuff, it's coming to fruition because you guys are awesome. And as much yep. crap as I talk and as sensitive as I can be, I am so terribly grateful for that. And this has been a terribly humbling experience, and I am going to have so much fun. I it's, uh, yeah, it I, sounds like a blast, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, so anyway, did you find did you find what you're looking for? No, I didn't. I, some PhD came up and all <laughs> kinds of other crap. So did you try? Uh, I okay. get. I, I quit. I quit because I was like, man, I could be on this for the next twenty minutes before I figured this out. So I'm good. Nah, I mean, and, and you'll probably text me about it later. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm gonna figure this crap out. It's, it's annoying me is what it's doing. Oh man. Um, I know that this is an OU podcast, but I'm just gonna take this opportunity to to ask you who you got in the conference championship games: NFL, AFC, NFC. You got AFC, which is great, which is uh, yeah, Chiefs in New England, and then you got. It's gonna be cold. I don't care. I don't care. It's I'm gonna take the Rams and the Patriots. I'm, I want a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. Oh, that would be a blast! Yeah, that's I'm that's... Just, I just, I just hard for me to always. I don't like the Patriots. I definitely hate the Chiefs because I'm a Broncos fan. So, um, the I... only thing I like about the Chiefs is I. I, I I enjoy watching Damian Williams do his thing now right. because he deserved it. He's had a rough road to get to where he's at. Right, he, but, he sure has. Sure has. So, I mean, other than that, man, I hope he balls out, but I hope they lose. And I don't like Brady. I don't like Belichick. But it's like the lesser two evils to me because I'm a Broncos fan. And then I just took the Rams because, I don't know, I just have a feeling that they're going to win. Uh, though it's hard for me to pick against Brady's. So, I think, I think if you make Jared Goff throw the football, you have an opportunity to beat him. I think if if yeah. C, if CJ Anderson is it's Anderson is going to fat guy touchdown on you all the time, you're not going to win any games. Nope. And, uh, and as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I can't tell you how degrading it was to watch Jerome Bettis's ghost destroy the defense Literally. that I love so much. Because he was, was awful with the Broncos. Uh, I don't know how that happened. I have no idea how that happened. Scheme he sucked for the Broncos. Scheme, scheme. Because he got waived uh, by two teams this season. Let me say that again. He got waived by two different teams this season. Showed up in the final weeks of the season. And was basically supposed to be the dude that just, you know, you're carrying the ball so we can save Todd Gurley. And that guy goes for 123 on 23. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I watched us. I picked him, I don't know how many years in a row in fantasy football because Broncos running backs do so good. I mean, look well, at when, when look it was at, Shanahan, right? When it was Shanahan. Well, even, even Phillip... Uh, is doing well this year. So, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, they always do well. The problem is that guy sucked. <laughs> he and sucked. he got so out of shape. Like he was not CG Anderson yeah, was not always that. Pillsbury Doughboy. Okay, is so for like so serious, twenty on that him. was what the crap. That's the funniest part. Was like I was like, wait a second. Jerome Bettis was was a big boy coming into the league. He's a big boy at Notre Dame. All right. Yeah. Ron Dane. Well, he was a cut big boy. He was he was right. Big Ron Dane, big in. boy at Wisconsin. We got it. Understand. That's just how you're built. That's how just how you do things. CJ Anderson got to the league and started eating. And it's cool to eat, right? I understand that. I eat a lot. I also spend two hours on a step mill every day. <laughs> but CJ Anderson was like, nah, dog. I would just be here laying the cut, run this ball a little bit, go home, <laughs> have me a snack. And this shows yeah. up to this shows up to LA and has an opportunity to walk away with a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> Man, that's, yeah. uh, the, the finesse hustle there is ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It is. I don't get it. Uh, I just, 
whatever. I mean, he that scheme, whatever they're running there, is just freaking money, is what it is. I don't, I don't get it, but hey, they do what they do out there in L.A. So uh, oh, because even the even the Chargers had a killer offense this year. It just it must be L.A. I don't know. Oh man, I almost forgot we got to talk about this because we haven't because uh, I had family issues that came up. Dog, uh, okay. dog had a seizure when we were going to record the podcast but Zingo's okay yeah uh, he just he goes That's through good. it but it you know it destroys whatever I'm doing stops because I got to take care of him point is on that day Kyler Murray tweeted I have declared for the NFL draft which is the most Kyler Murray way of making that announcement ever uh nothing else nothing about football nothing about baseball just yeah I'm gonna do it so I have my opinions that you know I wrote about this on OUinsider.com about how I think that he can do for baseball what Tiger Woods did for golf, and I know that golfers are big mad. I'm a golfer. Stop that. Uh, American Putter Company is going to sponsor videos on the channel. They sent us a lot of cool stuff that I'm going to give away later. Also, Brandon, you golf? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You want like a you want like well, you want like a ball marker or like a putter cover or huh, like good. a towel? No, I appreciate the offer, but it gives it to other people. Okay, well, uh, I tell you what, DM me on Twitter first. Follow me. Follow Brandon. Uh, follow OU 24-7, DM me on Twitter with some deets if you are here, and I'll see what I can take care of. Uh, also, the live show. But I want to talk about how you see him playing this out. Uh, how, I think that he's going to report for spring training regardless. I, I don't know why people are even discussing whether or not he wouldn't. Oh, you do? See, I'm on the other end of that spectrum. Oh, man, I look... Look, okay, this is where I see it. How, how is he... Why, why would he do that if he's trying to prove to these people like even the people that are questioning he's not trying to prove it that, but he that, wants to play he wants to play football that's the thing i don't he think wants that's, to play i don't think that's true i don't think that's necessarily true let's put it that way i think i think he's got one of these real world problems that is both awesome and terrible i think that you may be right in saying he really wants to be a quarterback he wants to play a quarterback in the nfl i also know that if you had a job hey brandon we understand that you work at OU twenty uh, OU Insider, and, you, and you're very good at your job. But we want you to come over here and make widgets for $2 million a year. And you got to sign a four-year contract for $2 million a year. And you're going to sit mm -hmm. here and make widgets. You're not going to be on Twitter. You're not going to break news. You're not going to have a podcast. You're not going to be associated with OU football at all, except as a fan that gets to watch it. You're going to make widgets for $2 million a year for four years. With that kind of money on the table, knowing what it could do for your family, knowing what it could do for your life going forward after those four years, are you really going to say I'm not going to play widgets? Or, or excuse me. But, uh, but, I, but that's but, what I think Kyler's looking at. But, no, well, no, because he he's, he can go to the NFL and make way more money. I don't, right I don't necessarily think so. He doesn't have to wait for arbitration to get that what-if contract. No, 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 no. So like really the, big. No, like because they weighed the rule, right? About the forty man they roster, the role, but they didn't give him any more money. No, they're waiting. No, look at look at it this way. Look at it this way. If he gets drafted in the third round, it's an easy decision. If but he gets drafted, get drafted in, no, just just play it out. Play it out with me. Let me let me get let me finish the scenario. Then pick the scenario apart. If he gets drafted in the third round, it's an easy decision. If he gets drafted in the first round, and they want to pay him. Let's just call it number one overall. Let's say it's Baker. Let's say they want to pay him thirty four million dollars over four years with a $22 million signing bonus. If Major League Baseball shows up and says, here's 40 to play baseball. Are you, you take that, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think is in play here. But he's not going to get, he's going to, what's going to happen is he's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft because I think he's not going to go to the 
I don't think he's going to go to the combine. I think what he's going to do is he's going to go to the uh, pro day. I don't think I, I think he'll show up. I think he'll do some interviews. I don't think he's going to throw the ball. Or he might throw the ball. I take the, No, I don't even think he's going to throw the ball. If I'm Kyler, every advantage that I have right now is because I've done diddly squat. It's it's the advantage. Yeah, you may be right on that, but I think he's going to do some things. I but I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to do summer league. Is what I think he's going to end up happening, and then he's going to roll over into the next year, and that's where everything's going to kick in if he decides to play baseball. Because I think they're going to wait it out. I think they probably agreed on it behind the scenes. Look, we're going to let you do your thing with football, see what happens, because they're going to get regardless. They're going to get this draft pick back if he doesn't show up. No, they're not. They, they no, get their no, 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 they don't. No, they don't because they signed him. No, they don't. They don't get this draft pick. They don't get a compensatory, uh, compensatory pick. I'm, okay. I'm dunking on you right now because I follow baseball so fiercely, and that's why yeah. I, another reason I wanted to play baseball is because my favorite sport has 7.7% African-Americans in it, <laughs> and, and people want to know why the average age is 53 that watches baseball, you know, and, and kids don't play. Like, take your kid. Your kid playing baseball or football? He plays football and basketball. Right. See? And those are the two yeah. most watched, viewed sports in all yeah, of the Yeah, he country. has no interest in baseball. Right. And I think that Kyler has the kind of crossover potential because folks that already watch him play football would be interested to see him play baseball. And if he ends up being as good as we think he is, that could be a— And by the way, stop with the Mike Trout comps. It doesn't—say it does, what? I said stop with the Mike Trout comps. Okay. Mike Trout. Oh is, no, I don't. I, no, I know you no, haven't, but there are people that no. don't know from baseball that want to bring up Mike Trout like he's not one of the best players to ever play the game, like ever, yeah, like no, of all time. That's not like Mantle. Not even, it's not yeah, fair. It's not even fair. Comparison. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway, go ahead. Fair. Make your point. I'm sorry. No, what I was gonna say is, even as good as he may be at baseball, it doesn't change that in today's world, baseball just moves so slow. Like I like it because I grew up on it, and we grew up in a time where baseball was popular. My kids, no, they like basketball and football because they move. Soccer is even coming up because I love they move the whole time. Arsenal are dying. All you Chelsea fans, I have nothing to say to you. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, but that's my point. Like, they they like the games that are constant and they're moving and there's a lot of momentum switches and stuff like that. Baseball is just a long drawn out sport, and that's why they've tried to make so many different rule changes to speed it up. Because it is too slow for today's world. Yeah, but but also and it's dying off because of it. But also, golf moves slower than baseball, and people show up to watch Tiger Woods play golf. That's true. And I'm saying that, that you true. have that potential with Kyler. Otherwise, why do you send an MLB marketing rep with Billy Bean to try to convince? No, him? I agree with you on that. You I know, and so I just that, yeah. I think that there's money here in play that nobody wants to talk about or nobody wants to mention because it'd be so gaudy to give that kind of money to a dude. That quite frankly hasn't done anything, but they do it in the NFL all the time, and people want to call foul because that's not how baseball's been done. Well, to hell with how it's been done. Sports dying yeah. because y'all let it. Now pay up the pay out the nose so you can make it relevant again. You know we're talking about how we've been talking about Kyler Murray, right, for the last four weeks, and I don't know if we're OU centric here, but the stories around Sports Center, so forth, so on, have been about Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's the most popular. What they haven't been about right is yeah. the three hundred million dollars that Bryce Harper turned down. They haven't been about the two hundred eighty million that Manny Machado's staring at to be a, be a White Sox, because nobody cares, man. And those two dudes are some of the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just go where the people are. The people are in football, so if you have an opportunity, I still think he plays football. I think he. Ends up I, football. I, I mean, I, I get he's going to be though. He's going to be a top ten pick, and they're going to throw. 30, look, Baker made $32 million guaranteed, 
and had like a ninety million dollar Nike contract. No, signed. that's no, that's that's fair, and I I think that's why you send the marketing rep is to be like, this is what we have lined up. These are the people that we talk to. This is the kind of money that you can make as the. And I'll say it again for folks that want to bring Mookie Betts to my door or Andrew McCutcheon to my door or Dexter Fowler to my door. If they want to make you the Steph Curry of their company, they're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, if 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 Under Armour comes up to Kyler Murray and says, we're going to put you on everything. And they're like, well, they're not going to see him on TV. The cameras will find you just like they found LeBron James in high school. OK, yeah. this is not the issue that everybody wants to make it to be because y'all are listening to this podcast. You found it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, un- I, I hate being the dude that's just yelling at people all the time, but I just can't stand it, man. <laughs> I, I, and you're, you're right to say that you think he's got to play football, right? Cause he entered his name in the draft sight yeah. unseen, doesn't know what the money's like, just knows what other people have said because the draft grades are the, the analysts don't really go in depth on your film and all that kind of stuff when they're given early draft grades, you know, they look at the no, film for but, all of but, 15, but 20 these guys that are doing the drafts. They put out. These mock drafts, they put out what they're hearing from the actual scouts that are doing the in-depth stuff. So right, um, that's that's where and you see him going five, six, four, like right. That, he hasn't done anything yet. So if he goes out there and does a pro game, just lights it up, and he's five foot ten or five nine and three fourths, like no, and like and Mike Houck says he's going to be number one or number two in the draft. Well, like, and I and I think. I mean, I, I would agree with that, but I also think if he doesn't go one or two, he's going to go 14 or 15, and then it gets real interesting to me. Because, what about five or six or seven? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I think he could be Aaron Rodgers. I think he could fall, or Ben Roethlisberger. He could fall so far in the draft uh, to a team that is not sure about what they have at quarterback like Washington, right? Because if yeah. you're drafting Kyler Murray at 14 or 15, and you know you have Colt McCoy coming back from a leg injury. Uh, and, Broncos but, are 10, I think. Right. And you could also go get Nick Foles <laughs> still. You know, just because the, the team that goes to Nick yeah. Foles, the, the team that goes to get Nick Foles, I think is also going to draft a quarterback. But that's that's if, that's if, that is if the the Eagles don't match. If they That's if they, because they're, they, they're not, they, they're not going to You match. don't think they'll do that, that nah, 29 because, or whatever? Nah, yeah. that's too much money for a backup. It just is. It just is. Well, that, that's where that's where you, you need said, so much help on the back end of your defense. Like your secondary well, needs so much help, and your right. and your middle like your linebackers need so much help, and your wide receiving core has gotten better. But you have to pay Golden Tate. You know, yeah. you, you have to you have to pay or replace Nelson. Uh, uh yeah, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, you don't know what you have in running back because Joseph Ajayi ain't there well, yet. I have an idea for him. I have an idea for him. You want to hear it? Sure. It's a really biased idea, but I love it. I love my idea. Because it's awesome, and it helps out my team. So you trade Case Keenum for Nick. They they they, they get the they sign him off. The, the Pittsburgh takes on his contract, and then trades him for Case Keenum and the number ten pick for Nick Foles and a second rounder. No, they that's already perfect. they that's a that's a ten million dollar cap hit. That's a perfect okay. match, man. Okay, it's a perfect match made you, in heaven for I'm just me. Gonna go ahead. I just want to. Dude, don't ruin it, dude. I, it it I just, actually hey, would work. Hey, I it understand. would work underneath the cap. No, so. it, it it works. It works. It works. I'm also going to say that you just I Austin, looked at it. I know. You just Austin kindled Case Keenum. Yeah, so what? <laughs> just, I'm just going to make this podcast for a circle. That's all. That, just to make it full circle. Case sucks. Like, look oh, what he did my God. Shit. See? Case <laughs> sucks. You, we got we to gotta have a pod where we're just talking Broncos and Cowboys because that's just too much fun. <laughs> um. We're running out of time, uh, and I, I wanted to get this on wax almost as soon as Hertz 
yeah. transferred and I was in a meeting basically solidifying that fight me is a thing. Brandon was cool enough to be like, yeah, I'll get my, my mic out and let's do some stuff. So know that we're doing this as much as we can when we can do it. But Brandon's on the phone all the time. I'm on the phone all the time. I'm making videos. We do it when we can and we try to make it a good product. Uh, Brandon, party shot. Yeah. Uh, what a freaking week for the University of Oklahoma. Am I right? I mean, oh, yeah. they, they got the staff lined up. They got the most ballyhooed grad transfer of all time to come into them directly after back-to-back Heisman trophies. Um, they're going to have a guy that's vying for I guarantee you, Vegas, when the odds come out, he's number one for the Heisman trophy next year after it's all said and done. Um, so they got a guy that's probably going to win a whole bunch of games at the University of Oklahoma and be that stopgap for Spencer Rattler. Um, I just think it's a it's a what a week. Um, the sun, there will be some commits coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, just so everybody knows, I hinted about it on the board already. One of them. Um, there's another one I got told is coming around the corner here in the next month or so. Oh, no, no, no. It'll, it'll happen around March-ish, so um, that I know for sure it's happening, but the kids got to visit, so uh, I'm not going to say who it is just yet. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on for Oklahoma in the 2020 class. Looks really good for them going forward. This is it, – it's Riley has this thing rolling for Oklahoma. If they can get that defense fixed, they've got a potential national champion program in the next couple of years, and he said it. He wants that tall, skinny thing in the next two or three years, and that's that's what he's going for. All right, that's going to do it for us. This is the oh. Young and Drum Podcast. Oh, right. youngandsart.com. You need to come visit or and, and sub. You have to do that. You have to say that. And, and, and subscribe to the VIP yeah, membership to. so that you can yep. see all the stuff that we're alluding to and talking about. Uh, we're going to do this again soon. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. On three. One, two, three. Deuces.